Welcome to the Shattered Order Podcast with your host, Goodnight Punk and Windkiller Inc. This week, we asked you what you wanted to hear and you answered. We'll tackle your questions and the quote unquote update on this episode. Hello and welcome to the 24th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. I am your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me as always is my good friend, Wink. What's up, Wink? Oh, not a lot. Just uh, hanging out and getting ready for some college football tomorrow. What about you? Well, I gotta be honest, I almost called you uh, Heroic Tank, because that's been on my mind all damn day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We uh, we are in the middle of our first Heroic Tank raid. Um what there's about 20% left in phase two currently as we sit here recording this thing. That is correct. Trying to coordinate all this madness and learn from our first trip in there. And it is driving me absolutely crazy as the guild leader. So I am happy to be away from that and doing this podcast. That's understandable. (laughs) So if I start babbling incoherently or something doesn't make sense, it's because my brain's been scrambled today. So, yeah, I'm going to lean on you, Wink. I'm going to lean on you. All right, sounds good. I like rambling, so (laughs) this will be a perfect podcast for rambling, actually. Well, I'm actually drinking, too, so that'll help with it. Oh, yeah, perfect. (laughs) What are you drinking? Hard cider. Ah. Nectar of the gods. Tasty stuff. Yep, yep. I like it. Cool. Well, I hear you all judging me out there. I can yeah. take it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, alcohol's alcohol. I would be hammering down yep. a glass of wine if I wasn't completely out, so. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, cool. Well, first, we got to cover this. We don't have to. Honestly, I could probably skip it and no one would know, but. Uh, I put the update that they did uh, yesterday in here just to kind of go over it a little bit and ask a question because I was kind of confused by it. But first off, they had some things about ship uh, droids and ship building materials. They said that for stages 5 plus in the cantina, for every energy you spend, you'll get 100 ship building mats and one one star training droid. And for light side and dark side on PvE, for stages 7 plus, you'll get 50 ship building mats per 1 energy and 1 one star training droid per 2 energy spent. <sighs> now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, I'm trying to put people to sleep right from the start. <laughs> but the, my question, the reason I mentioned it is, wasn't this there before that update? Um, I swear my, I'm getting stuff from from these things before this. Yeah, I think we were, um, but I mean, maybe it's I, more I, now. Maybe I, it's tweaked I, to be higher. I don't know. Hell, I don't know. Maybe it's hmm. a good question. I don't know. Because my thought was, if it wasn't the case, and this actually bumped it up, maybe uh, slight complaining about. Not being able to get shipbuilding materials as easy as other things will be fixed a little bit. Yeah. Because I know that when I got my million from the tournament this last week, I was ecstatic. Oh, yeah, that was super nice. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that 
here in a second, but uh, totally. Clickety clickety, got to type. All right, so anyways, next thing, the only other thing of note in here is uh, they also said that the train a ship daily was removed for players at level eighty five. So basically, kind of like what they did with train a character. So some character, some people. I wish I was you. Didn't have anyone to train anymore. No one, everyone's at 80 or 85 or whatever. So they took that out so that it didn't keep you from finishing your dailies. And eventually it's going to be the same with ships. So they took that out for people at 85. So Interesting. I'll, I'll see if it's there tomorrow. But <laughs> apparently it's not. So and uh, that concludes the update that was so exciting let's get to something else <laughs> yes <laughs> all right anyways well let's talk a little bit about ships right so last week and i'm realizing now that i'm saying this it's probably how we introed the podcast and all everything that's been going on with me today and my head being out in the stars this probably isn't the best time to try to make clear the things i said last week about zetas but i'm going to try to do it anyway Sounds good. So, basically, to put in a nutshell, what I said last week, enable, enable, uh, in order to be able to do the ship ability map challenge at the highest level, you're going to have to have eight seven star ships. Eight seven star ships. Yes, and so to get there though you have to have a five star executrix and that requires five five star dark side ships so the ability mat challenge does not require dark side or specifically or light side specifically you can use either but to get there you have to have five at least five five star dark side ships to unlock executrix so the roundabout i went on for five minutes last week about that that's basically all it takes you need five to bring five ships up to five star on dark side to get the dark side capital ship. And then from there, it doesn't matter what ships you get up to seven star, you will be able to do the Zeta challenges. So cool. It's going to be a month and a half before I'm anywhere close anyway. So whatever. No, nope. nope, me too. But I'm working there. I grab those TIE fighter shards every time I see them now. Yeah, no kidding. What? Me too. <laughs> so, thoughts? Anything changed for you this week with ships? Overall? Um, overall, not really. Uh, you know, as far kind of did some leveling up. I'm still kind of hanging around in the top twenty, just barely. Um, I finished fifth a few times early on. Haven't been able to get back up there. Um, we'll get into. I came up with a couple strategy ideas that I've kind of implemented that seem to be doing really well. Um, I've been beating some teams that are quite a bit stronger than me lately. Uh, we'll get into that uh, in our next segment. Um, that's pretty much it with ships, though. What about you? Well, I did notice that uh, from where I was last week to where I am now... When they first came in, I was doing all five of my battles every day, and I was staying around 30 in the uh, 
rankings, but with everything that's been going on lately, I go in there maybe two or three of my five battles, and I have dropped all the way to 100, so... Ouch. Yeah, and I could fight my way back up there, but honestly, it's right now it doesn't seem like that big of a thing for me, effort-wise, because as long as I can stay in the top 200, I'm going to get 1,200 shards, or a currency... And I can buy three things each time it refreshes, so I'm okay with that for now. Yeah, I'm if I want to move up later on, that's fine. But it, to me, it's a really not a huge deal for me to move up those rankings, only because, and this is the nice thing about ships, is that Arena's payout is not that bad between the pay brackets. That's exactly and what I'm I was about to say. And I'm not missing out on crystals. So, yep. it's not hard... It's not not fun. It's just there's so much in this game right now that I'm trying to get done, not besides ships. So, yeah, like well, trying to get all my raid characters ready. So it's nice I, that they I gave do my us my dailies. I do those challenges, but yeah, it's nice that they gave us something that you can kind of just forget about if you want to, um, just because I mean the rewards like. It makes a difference, but it's not big enough that you really need to stress out about it. Like, I mean, arena is a big deal because of the crystals, but this arena, who really cares? So, yeah, it's good. awesome that way, and I hope they don't change it. Yeah, me too. They might hear this and think, "Oh, people aren't playing it," but I think that a lot of people like it that way, and I think that's one of the things that people were happy about with it is that. It's not totally required, and I know I talked about the Zetas last week kind of making it required, but for me, the Zetas are a thing I want, but they're not something that I'm, like, stressing myself on. Like, I'm grabbing all my dark side ships when I can to get myself to the point where I can get Executrix, but I'm not, like, banging my head against the wall, so. Yep. I do enjoy ships. The only thing about ships so far that's uh, killing me is when you buy those ship shard packs, um, when you buy those ship shard packs, they give so much Geonosian spy ship uh, blueprints. Are you talking about the 2500 crystal one or the 500 crystal one? The 500 crystal one. Okay. Yeah, so I, let's, I let's say any, I probably bought... I haven't got the spy from there at all yet. Uh, I've been getting a pretty nice spread um i've been buying those just about every day and i get a nice wide variety it seems like yeah i like those packs they're really cool the only reason i stopped buying them i think i bought maybe 10 of them but the reason i stopped buying them was because i am currently sitting on 65 geonosian spy blueprints and i don't have geonosian spy oh so the only the only part that bugs me is that I'm going to have to do a quick farm on Geonosian Spy after I finish Anakin just to unlock him so that I can use that ship because I'll already have it at 5-star to get Executrix. So, you know, things happen, but I never thought I'd be farming uh, Geonosian Spy, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Especially when I still have a 2-star Lando. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. And for everyone that just went, what... Lando opens at four star. There was an old Twitter promotion where if you clicked on it and put in your info, it gave you a two star Lando, and that is the only reason I even have him right now. Yep. So, 
Got well, to farm him after Anakin, but freaking Genosian spy. Yeah, Lando's so good. I can't. I still can't believe you don't have him. Unbelievable. But, <laughs> oh well. Well, Chasing what about this uh, this tournament that we just had? How'd you do? Well, I finished three hundred and something. Because, like I said last week, where I was excited, it was ending. After, uh, while well, I was off work, well, it turns out that it didn't end in the nighttime like the last few. It actually ended in the afternoon, yep. which pretty much meant it ended when I was asleep after my night shift. So it still kind of screwed me at the end there. So I dropped from, I'd say, 150 to about 330. But if I finished in the top 1,000, I was going to be happy because all I really wanted were those shipbuilding materials yeah i had no dreams of being i had no dreams of being in the top 25 so yeah and that's another thing about that tournament that kind of bugged me is instead of top 100 unlocking it was top 25 so it kind of from the start made me think all right well let me figure out what ranking i really want and not worry about getting the ship because top 25 well, uh, I think okay. it was the same number of shards. The only difference was that it just unlocked at a star level higher, right? Uh, you mean top 100? Well, yeah, like the previous ones, it was top 100 that did the unlock, but that was because it unlocked at three star. Like if this one unlocked at three star, you would have okay, been in the yeah. same boat, you know? Yep, that makes sense. So... Yeah, I wanted, like go, <laughs> I wanted to go I wanted to go for top 25, and I kind of started that after day one. Um, I basically just used all my teams up to the 1,000 per character refresh, and it just... I, I was going to wait until the next day and then just kind of see where people started ending up, and I, I started figuring up the amount of... Uh, ally coins I had and I just I didn't have enough to make a push for a top 25 so I just said to hell with it I'll go for top 100 since I was already there and I'd already spent a decent number I was like I'll just I'll fight like hell and try to stay top 100 which I managed to do so it'll be easy to get uh, should be easy for me to unlock him next time he comes around but I think I've finished yeah, 70 definitely. 74th and I spent like 220,000 ally points I believe so well, here's where I like hearing that because the reason I didn't go all in on this is hoping that the turnaround for another tournament is pretty quick like it was this last time like a couple weeks and that it's a character the next time whether it's Churret or Storm Stormtrooper hope it's not Stormtrooper I mean Short Trooper but hoping that a lot of people don't have the ally coins and that they've depleted their galactic war currency buying ships and that maybe it'll be a little less intensive on the next uh, tournament but i guess we'll see when it boils down to it, it won't really matter if i'm sleeping or at work but we shall see that was my hope i'd rather pour it all into a character than vader's tie but we'll see yeah that's fair i really want vader's tie and like I'm not really itching to get any of the new characters so far, so I just kind of said, yeah, I'll go for Vader. Because, you know, helping get towards those 
Zeta ability mats. That was my thinking on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. He definitely helps that. Well, um, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about this week. So we kind of decided to do something a little bit different. We asked some people for some questions. Some people from our guild. We went to the Twitter and a few places and just kind of gathered some questions, went to Reddit, um, grabbed some questions that have been asked, you know, previously. And we're going to dig through some questions that y'all had and give our thoughts and answers on some of those and hopefully give some stuff that actually specifically helps some of you people out and um, all that good stuff. How's that sound? I like it. There's some pretty fun questions in there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of really good ones. And there are a few that we're going to throw out there, but uh, that, you know, I just, I really don't know what to think about them, to be honest. So. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. So hit us with that first um, one. All right. In the AAT part three. They want to know, what are our thoughts on a Boba lead with, like, Greedo, Scavenger, Nebit, Andor Asajj, uh, Dengar, Zamwessel. Um, it's put, uh, the pros of this is, you know, turn meter with the thermal detonators, Asajj being fast and always buffed, uh, and this came from one of our guild mates. Um Man, I, yeah, I don't they, really know. I I haven't tried I to have mess with it too much. What do you think? I think that this could be good. I don't see why you'd add... I see using Asajj or having an idea for her to make a team, but I don't see her fitting in this team. That's for sure. Yeah. But as far as the thermo, thermal detonators are concerned, I think that's pretty awesome. So... For those that don't know, Boba's new leader ability will, let's see here, it says, gain 15% turn meter whenever a thermal detonator explodes. So, if you're putting out Greedo, Zam, Wessel for sure, um, Jawa Engineer possibly with Scavenger, hoping you can get some off of those two from Scavenger's Unique, with the Boba lead. Another one you could throw in there is Newt Gunray, because he's got a thermal detonator. It could be it could be used. I wouldn't use it as my number one team in that phase, but it would definitely be a good number two. Because the amount most of those guys, besides maybe the Scat or Jawas, are uh, gonna give you a lot of turn meter. Or not turn me thermals and using Boba's lead every time they blow up, you get another chance to uh, put out some damage or uh, throw out another thermal. So yeah, I, I've seen people talk about this team and them using it, like the one that's all bounty hunters that have thermals, and it looks pretty awesome from what yeah. I've seen. So it could work, and it would take a lot of work to gear them up. You'd probably pull away from more important people to do that, but in the in the far future, when you actually have time to gear the other guys, 
this would be a fun team to try for sure. Yeah. That's my thought, at least. At least, I wouldn't put... Well, Dengar's a bounty hunter, so he might fit in there, but I don't see Nebit or Asajj needing either of them in that team. But let's well, say well, Boba, Greedo, Scavenger, Engineer, Dengar, Zam, or Newt Gunray, any combination of those guys would probably be okay. I was going to say... Leaning uh, towards the bounty hunters. The thing with Asajj is with her new unique ability, um, you can't do it until she's level 84. Um, but... Uh, it gives well here I'll, I'll just read it off because I mean it would be pretty interesting in that team because she don't really fit in anywhere else for the most part. But whenever an ally or enemy is defeated, Assage gains offense up and crit chance up for two actions and gains fifty percent turn meter. You know, with those all those droids, she'd probably I mean she'd be working on short turn meter pretty often. And then Assage also gains fifteen speed for each enemy with no buffs. So if you got six enemies, that's ninety speed that she's gaining, or oh yeah, or she'll be fast for sure. A hundred and five speed if you count the B two, but he usually has a buff, so easily ninety speed that she's getting tacked on for that. Um, of course, that requires the Zetas, but that she'd definitely be going a lot. I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, whether that's the team you would want to use her in, though, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. If you didn't have anywhere else for sure or you didn't have more bounty hunters to fit with boba then yeah she could definitely be an asset there kind of like throwing ray on certain teams or phasma on certain teams she could probably help as long as it was in phase three like we're talking about yeah for sure with all those extra droids yep for sure so cool all right next one um <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> Do you think that if we get enough Redditors to sign a petition to balance mods away from speed being the singular stat needed, that they would listen? And I'm going to respond to this with a question. What's a snowball's chance in hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. Not very good. <laughs> I don't see... I I wonder if there's any instance where a petition was done by the community for a game and it actually led to a change in the game yeah me either um like i know most really good game companies will listen to their their community's feedback and work off of that but i think in this case with cg if it's working the way they want it to no matter how we want it to work they're going to keep it that way yeah, I've, and right now they've shown no indication that this is not the way they want it to work. So yeah, I, I will say this about that though. Um, I do think that speed is kind of dying out. I mean, with characters like uh, Shore Trooper and B two, I mean they really make speed not quite as important. I mean it is a little bit more about survivability. I kind of feel like that's the way that uh, my arena is shifting at least. Yeah, I think I see both sides equally at times. So you got the one side where you want to be really fast, or if you're not fast, you want to be really tanky so that when you go, you're doing the most out of your turn and surviving their initial onslaught and just taking them down. So yep. I think there's two really big sides right here. If, if, and I hope it never does, 
there could be a third side where Dodge made a comeback, but it'll we'll happen see. at some Let's... point, I'm sure. Yeah, well, speed went away and it came back again, and so who knows what'll happen. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, somebody's asking if they should farm bays from the shard shop. My thoughts on it? Eh, I I haven't been that impressed with bays. I've fought against them a few times, and um, for for what it costs to get them, I, I don't know. I I'm not really that interested. I'd rather. <laughs> If I had that much shard shop currency, I'd be buying furnaces because I need those damn things like crazy. But um, I don't know. Yeah, you... I think the order. I think the order is definitely gear if you need it, and then if you had to choose between bays and grievous, I think there's two sides to it, right? So with bays, maybe he's a little better to help you get your dark side or light side nodes finishes. Finishes, man told you brains fried but maybe he's a little better help you get those light side uh stages finished uh he's also cheaper for his shards than grievous is just yep. by a little bit but the thing is with him they said that he would be in there for a limited time when they put him in there so the odds are that if you start farming him and you know it's going to take a while he may not be there by the time you would be finishing so that's a good point. That's where you probably want to go with Grievous. But if you have the means to grab him now, in like the next week, two weeks, whoever knows, maybe by the end of the year he's out of there, uh, go for it. But I'd say gear, if you want your other players to be better, is probably your best bet with that shard shop currency. Yep. We agree. And if you're only planning to unlock him at three stars and not move past that definitely uh probably less of a a need yeah that's a good point at three stars is really not going to do a ton for you maybe you can use them in your arena team but otherwise every other area not going to help you too much i think it may also depend on if you have chariot or not um it, if you like got him in the uh you know one of the tournaments at a decent level you know hey uh if you want bays, sure, go for it. But if you don't have him, I definitely wouldn't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Well, um, next question. Uh, John on Twitter asked us, uh, Yoda or Plo Koon, uh, which one should he take to Gear 11 first? And he also noted that his guild will be attempting their first Rancor Tier 7 on Monday. So congratulations. Good luck. Um, yeah, man. And I think strictly because you're doing the tier seven, I'm going to go with Yoda. Uh, Yoda is pretty, pretty awesome in the Rancor. So uh, that's definitely where my vote goes. I think it'd be a little bit tougher um, and maybe even lean towards Plo Koon if you were, you know, towards the AAT maybe. But um Mm-hmm. If you're just jumping on tier seven of the Rancor, I'd definitely go Yoda because he's fantastic. Uh, you can use his basic ability to get foresight and then spread foresight to everyone before the Rancor can even attack. Um, I believe you have to use Phasma to help make that happen, but um, it works really well. You just have to make sure that you are doing it before he drops below 50% health of that phase. But... Uh, yeah, he's good in the 
first half of the phases of the Tier 7 Rancor. His effectiveness goes down a little bit on the second halves of each phase because he doesn't get his foresight from his basic attack. Or but the turn meter gain. For the first... Yeah. So those first first halves of those phases are really good for him because a basic attack, get the foresight, and then uh, spread it to the whole team before he slams, and you can do a whole mess of damage before you even have to take down the door, which can lead to some really serious runs, Yep. especially when you're first starting out in the heroic rancor. So. Yeah. It's really nice when you, you know, get... Uh nice chunk of damage in well before you even get to the door it feels pretty good when you can do that i remember oh, yeah, those days definitely i remember the first time i did it and i was the difference between the my old damage and introducing yoda in those phases was pretty big because i wasn't just aiming at the door from the outgo yeah or the outset so yep for sure definitely yoda and then eventually plow when you're working towards your rank yep. or tank team because that dispel on his basic will definitely be helpful in the first phase of the tank raid. I think he also said he likes using plow coon because uh, of his ship. He's got a ship, and that's one of the reasons why he wants to. Um, and so I think an, another reason is you just don't get as much value, you know, going gear level, you know, in the ships versus what the character actually gains so i don't know if that made any sense whatsoever but yeah yoda no no the crew power doesn't go up as much because you move up a gear level there you go as getting a character to a gear level for the raid so i, th- I know what you're saying yep no yeah. cool uh next question is it better to level up or star up ships and is there a point where you should switch? Um, well, I kind of think we have to go back to the old rule of thumb that roughly 10 levels equals one star level, just kind of as a rough judgment. Uh, so you can use that to kind of help you decide. Um, I like going to like level, doing it in stages, like take them to level 50, then go to level 60, um, check C what level the ship needs to be to upgrade the uh, the attacks, the abilities, the uniques, all that stuff. Because once you get to level three or four, you usually get like maybe a 15% damage bonus or something along those lines, and those make a huge difference. Uh, that kind that same kind of rule of thumb applies to tunes also. You know, just uh, save those credits and resources until you can. You know, take them up the next gear level or whatever, rather than just spinning it slowly as you go. Yep, I'm with you. I really do feel like I can compete in the arena with two and three star ships simply because I enhance them up. Because you enhance them up, you get to certain levels, and you can upgrade the abilities. And it doesn't necessarily take the stars to do that. So they'll be hitting harder, and they'll be uh, higher levels, so their stats will be up. And then as you get your stars, they'll just go up that much more. But I'd say if you're trying to pick one, enhancing your ships is, is a big one, simply because you can upgrade them 
as you go, and that's not dependent on your stars. Yep. So, upgrade them as far as you can go. I like to do them in, like you said, in 10 level batches so that I can unlock new abilities each time. And then I would just work on their blueprints as they show up and bump them up when I can. Yep. But I do think leveling up or enhancing them, as it's called for ships, is really big. Yeah. I always forget that it's enhancing. I need to remember that. Right? It's all these weird changes with ships. Yes. We'll get used to it. It's not credits. It's ship building materials. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Hell, I keep calling them like ship credits. credits. Yep. Oh, yeah. well. What can you do? Well, what about just general ship strategies? You got anything that maybe you thought of this week or anything? Um, I like to keep Ahsoka, even though she's one of my lower, lower powered tunes in my uh in my team just to get the debuffs on freaking big's ship oh yeah and then i throw some heavy hitters into my reinforcements none that should be sitting in my top five but basically one that's about even with ahsoka that way when i pull them in they have 100 percent turn meter and can shoot immediately with advantage so I usually keep my Umbaran Starfighter 5 ship as my first reinforcement. That way when it pops in, I can shoot off those two missiles, and they usually hit for about 30k Nice. once they finally bring them in to reinforce. So that's something I do. I definitely I def- have, I have a couple ships in there for sure to that apply ability or target lock so that I can get wedge taunting as fast as I can. And I usually use Jedi Consular's protection buff or the one that brings it back. I usually throw that right back on Biggs after he's taunted. That way he keeps taunting and I can destroy the other team while they just pew-pew at Biggs. (laughs) That's pretty much it. And, yeah, that's about as far as it goes. Cool. Not a ton of strategy for me so far, but thinking about it that's what i do well uh one thing i tried a little bit different this week that i figured out that works really well for my team so as far as the order that my team goes in um my first order tie pilot he is the fastest ship i've got so he always goes first so i use his special and he does you know pretty nice amount of damage and then right after him is admiral akbar so, when Akbar goes, I've basically got four ships that are pretty much ready to make their next turn. What I do with Akbar is use his seize the advantage rather than using his AOE. Multiple reasons. Um, I'm about to dig into the reason that I like using it. But first, I'll go through the reason why I don't like using the AOE. Because if you read the AOE uh, description it will call in two buffed allies to assist. On the second turn of the game, I don't have anyone with buffs. So if I'm doing that, I'm not getting those extra assists, so I'd rather wait and save that for my second turn. So by using that season, I'm glad I'm listening. 
I'm, say, I'm glad I'm listening to this podcast because I did not even think about that. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I actually kind of came across it on accident because I battled a team that was a lot faster than me, and I like I needed to heal, and then like, well, what happened was those next four guys—they're all doing crits. So, <laughs> I mean, I can use Jedi Consular and Genos and Soldier, you know, with them calling in assists and stuff it's pretty easy to at least wipe out one ship and if you wipe out like the weakest you know ship the one that has least health on the board uh the enemy will not heal they will they won't use their cz advantage they won't use their aoe they'll call in they will call in a reinforcement So then they're back at five ships, and you probably still got one or two left with advantage. So you can put down a pretty nice chunk of damage and put them in a hole from the very beginning by doing that. Uh, If, you know, that's assuming you have multiple ships that basically have full turn meter when you use Seize the Advantage. Uh, So, like I said, that has made a world of difference for me. It's made my team a lot more effective. I've been beating... You know, teams with much stronger ships and higher fleet power and everything, and to pretty good success. Um, Something else I've been doing is the TIE Fighter Pilot. Uh, I use him out of reserve since, you know, he doesn't have protection, so he's not going to get any of the protection bonuses or anything. Um, And he gets foresight. He's already kind of weak, so if he comes in out of reserve, he gets a guaranteed crit, he's guaranteed to go, and he starts out with foresight so he can absorb a little bit or absorb an attack and, and not do anything. Uh, another tip is just using lower health ships in reserve. I've heard a lot of people that do like using um, kind of their tankier ships in reserve and I see both arguments but I just haven't heard anyone argue this side of it. So I think with those <laughs> lower health ships, if you have them in reserve, you bring them out of reserve, they're guaranteed an attack. Um, if you're using them as your main five, they're not guaranteed an attack, so you're almost just kind of losing a turn if they get wiped out before they get to go. So to me, that's not really worth it. So that's why I like using yeah, it's like the getting lower a health ships. Free shot. Yeah. So it's basically. like getting a free shot out of a glass cannon. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. So. Yep, and I think uh, the. Imperial TIE Fighter is a great one to use our reserve since they don't have protection to begin with and that foresight. Like, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, and that's so pretty much it. can't tell, we both use Akbar. Yes. And, and one. <laughs> which leads it right into our next question that we got is, who do we think is the ba- best capital ship? Um, and I think we can agree that home one is a home run. Hey oh <laughs> yes we can. <laughs> I agree. He's definitely uh I think he's the best one right now. And you just further enforced my point we were talking about uh with the Executrix, that's its name, before we started the podcast. In Executrix seems like it would be a good ship, but one of its abilities involves synergy with Empire ships, and there's only two of them. One's yep. Ty's Vader, 
Ty's Vader. Vader's tie. <laughs> and the other is the tie, pilot, tie Fighter. And you just said Tie Fighter doesn't have any protection? Correct. So that just makes it even more weak in that aspect. So right now I just don't feel like Executrix is the best choice. I know that the the super that he has that calls in all the TIE Fighters is awesome to watch and it does a lot of damage, but until there's more Empire ships, I just don't know if it's worth losing that synergy yeah. as opposed to another ability on another ship. And, and, and the something... Jedi ship... Or go ahead. What's that? I was no, going to say ahead. something else is... Uh, you, when you're talking about capital ships, if you've only got one of them leveled up or geared very high, I mean, that makes a big difference. That affects, you know, the health and the power and the speed and all that stuff of the ship. So just use whichever one that you have the character most geared for. Um, if, you know... Yeah. I, I really think that's the best way to go. Fortunately, I mean, you and I, we both have Akbar. And that's who we're going to go with anyway. But turns out I actually like his ship the best so far. So Yeah, it worked out really well that way, which never happens. So kind of happy yep. about that. Because if it had been Mesa's ship that was the what we agreed was the best, then I'd be having problems. Yeah. Oh, me Five too. star gear three Mace is not going to yeah. keep me competitive in ships. So Yep, mine's pretty far behind as well. Uh, one other thing I would like to add on, I, I think we talked about this last week, I mentioned it, but Home 1, the, uh, what is it, the crew ability that gives the extra critical damage um, for someone attacking out of turn, uh, leveling that up if you're going to use the seize the advantage ability first, that'll make a big difference since everyone has advantage, so... You know, whenever you're calling in assist, you're guaranteed to get that extra critical damage. The damage can especially pile if you're, up. yeah, especially if you're using Genocean Soldier's ship too, because that yep. one has a unique ability to be called for an assist at any time. Yep. And any time he does, you get that bonus on it. So. Yep. Definitely an, a good thing for him, with Home One. For sure. Well, um, all the rest of the questions that we have are kind of related. Uh, mm -hmm. So on Reddit, there are people on both sides that agree and disagree. Um, I stand firmly on one side of this debate, as many of you probably know. So I'm just going to ask the question, when does turn order matter? Well, kind of depends. There's a lot of times where turn order does not matter. Um, but it can be very important. It can be incredibly useful depending on your team. And if you, you know, if you know how to set your team up and everything, what characters you're using, if you understand their abilities, you can get a lot of extra damage by making your tune slower or something along those lines to get a specific turn order rather than just making everyone as fast as possible. You know, by doing that, you can actually lose the total damage output from your team. Um, so I'm going to go through uh, some of the things 
or some of the situations where turn order matters. Um, matters when there's a tune that has an ability that enhances what the next tune can actually do. For example, getting bonuses from debuffs like IG-88, bonuses from certain amounts of turn meter, like there are some characters that you know, do extra damage if they're below 50% turn meter or something along those lines. Um, defense down obviously increases the amount of damage that a character can do. Uh, ability block on like B2 before you do an AoE because usually an AoE is going to give B2 full TM. So if he's ability blocked, you don't have to worry about him debuffing. Uh, using offense up before your main attackers go, using crit chance up before, you know, like Lando or Jedi Knight Anakin or IG-88 or some of those characters that really need crit. Um, and using offense down before um, AoEing or even attacking uh, characters that do counterattacks. All of that can, you know, either save a lot of health or greatly increase your damage output and if you look at those things the turn order can matter as far as who you know when those debuffs or buffs get applied so yeah it's, that's pretty much why it matters yeah i just i can see one side where it's turn order shouldn't matter okay well if you don't want to play the mini game which is basically what you're talking about now then you don't have to. But if you do play the mini game, your results are going to be a lot better. And it's basically the difference between min-maxing and a lot of things, right? That's true. You, if you have a bunch of powerful tunes, they're going to be powerful no matter what. But those powerful tunes have abilities that are dependent on certain things. And if you can set them in the right order, they become even more powerful. So, turn what? Turn order, does it matter? Depending on the tunes, doesn't have to matter. And you might get so far in the arena with that. But if you want to be on the top, that's where min-maxing kind of comes in. And I feel like setting a turn order, knowing what it's going to do and how it will work, will min-max yourself to get the most output out of your characters. You know what I mean? Yep. So... And something else uh, that helps, you know, this, you know, turn order being a little bit more effective is having a shorter attack window. And what I mean by that is having tunes with speeds that are a lot more similar. So if you, you know, if there's a 30 speed gap between somebody that does offense up and an attacker, that's a lot of space in there that somebody can debuff it versus if there's one or two speed between them there's very little chance that that buff's going to get removed. So, you know, it it removes the amount of variability that you can have in a match. So that would be more of why speed matters than turn order. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a combination of both. But, I mean, just it's turn order and speed. You know, they... Yeah, they're, I get what you're saying. They're, they're one and the because, same, but yeah. Yeah, what you're talking about is having certain speeds on your characters to make sure they go in an order 
that's hopefully not interrupted by the other team. That'll take turn order and speed, but if you want everyone to go in a certain order and you're not worried about the other team going in between, then the speed doesn't matter. But to yep. be optimum, like I said, with the whole min-maxing thing, you want the speeds to be close, like you're saying, so that they go boom, 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 hit the things that they're supposed to without the other team interrupting them. Exactly. Well, makes uh, sense. So, one of the questions we got from our guild is kind of wants to talk a little bit more about, you know, fight mechanics and some of the order that some of these things can play in. Uh, so, we're going to mention a few things that. They actually mentioned that I'd never really thought of before that can be kind of important and then just kind of keep going with this turn order stuff. Um, <laughs> so Sun Fox unique ability, whenever he counters someone, he does not have to hit to apply a debuff. So he can actually apply a debuff through Foresight. So if you use Ray... Ray's great to attack um, tunes that counter, like Ayla or whatever, because she does her ability and she gets foresight. So whenever they counter, they can't hit her. Now, the problem is, if you do that to Sunfok, well, she's not going to get attacked, but she will still get debuffed, maybe. Um, it's a chance at a debuff, but a debuff on Ray, not good. Loses that 30% offense bonus, so... Um, mm -hmm. you probably yeah, no don't want to do him. that to Sunfong. He's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, now, TIE <laughs> Fighter Pilot, for example, he gains foresight after his turn. So he can actually still get countered and then end up with foresight. So that's kind of an instance where foresights gain two different ways and they operate just a little bit differently but it can still make a pretty big difference because TIE Fighter Pilot, he could get stunned after attacking someone. Ray, she can't get stunned after attacking someone, you know, that counters. Yeah. Which is an odd design choice, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's for sure. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I want to try to stay on topic, but I just thought of something that I forgot to put in the show notes. So I'm jumping back to ship tips. Um, <laughs> some, something ship that tips. we had... <laughs> well, what made me think of it's... Okay, TIE Fighter Pilot. His AoE, mm -hmm. it matters who you're targeting. Because of that ability block. Well, right. Now... Admiral Akbar, when you use his AoE and you have allies that are buffed, it matters who you're targeting. Whatever ship you're targeting is who those two buffed allies will attack. So, when you do that AoE, be very picky about who you target. You know, I usually target whoever has the least health. If they're in red especially, target them. That way you can hopefully wipe them out. Um, but that makes a pretty big difference. So I just had to make sure to throw that in. Makes sense. Ship tips. <laughs> that's fun to say. <laughs> uh, Ship tips. Yep, that's that's going to be right, turn a meter. new segment from now on. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ship tips. <laughs> back to turn reader. 
Um, another question we got was, so what happens when two characters have a 100% turn meter? So, like, you have Stormtrooper Han, he taunts, he gives, say, three characters full turn meter. Well, um, I've seen a lot of people that think that it's whoever has the highest speed or whatever. It's not. It is completely random. And if you do it enough times, you will quickly figure out that it is random. And that's that frustration's what got me investigating into turn order, you know, much further, was because I, you know, I didn't like it being random. Um, and the frustrating part about this is B2. So if Stormtrooper Han goes, gives, say, three people on your team full turn meter, say one Let of Let me stop you for one second. Okay, go for it. I want to ask this question before you explain it. That way I can figure out if I understand why the question was asked. Okay. So my understanding is that if you use a Stormtrooper Han and he puts three people at 100% turn meter... One of those three randomly is going to be chosen to go first. That person shoots and gives B2 100% turn meter. My understanding is that because the other two already had 100% turn meter, they will go first, and then B2 will go after those other two. Is that why this question was asked? Does he go before those other two somehow? He can. What's, what's the deal? Everyone, okay, that is weird. Everyone at 100% turn meter is in a pool to go next. Um, wow. Okay, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it does not matter. B2 can go, like, say you have three people to get 100% turn meter. Say Lando does his AOE. B2 gets 100% turn meter. B2 could go last. He could go next. He could go second. You don't freaking know, and that's the frustrating part. Um yeah, it's all the RNG in there. Yeah. That sucks. Yep. And, well, I mean, in a situation like that, I mean, there's a pretty good chance. I mean, there's a 67% chance that one of your guys is going to go next. But yeah. there's also a 33% chance that B2 is going to go next. So, yeah, that's yeah. one of those As things. As opposed to my thought of 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of... And well. uh, the same thing with Rex. You know, you... If you have a couple characters at full turn meter and they bump up Rex to full turn meter or Jedi Knight Anakin, uh, same thing. If you knock someone below 50% health with Jedi Knight Anakin on that team, he could sneak in between there and screw things up. So that's some things to be aware of if you've ever wondered what in the hell's going on. That's, that's why. Anyone, everyone with 100% turn meter is in a big pool and... Um, they can go in any random order, and that's kind of the, the way it goes. The gets cast, and it picks who goes. Yep, pretty much. Hmm. Very makes frustrating, sense. huh? Well, sorry, it doesn't make sense, but now I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that is pretty frustrating. Thank God I don't see Sun Fact that often. You mean B2? Or, I mean, well, yeah, Sun B2. Too, well, I do see B2. Sun Fact is the one oh, okay. yeah. I was thinking of. I, I hate B2. He he pisses me off. He's frustrating. Don't like the guy. Well, not only do we have to be annoyed by him in the arena, but we get extra annoyed with him in two phases of the tank raid. Yeah, that's Love no kidding. It. I hate that guy. And when two of them are around, it's like the pits. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not fun. Not fun at all. <laughs> um, 
Hopefully we'll have more to talk about next week regarding that, though. Hopefully we can clear our first uh, heroic AAT and um, discuss that a little bit next week. But, yeah, um, definitely. Got a, lot of, got a lot of information from people on that over the last few days, and I'd love to give some of it out. So, well, but If we don't beat it, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If we don't beat it, you're not going to want to take advice from us anyway. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Reddit. Uh, two weeks ago, I think we got a question from. I'm going to attempt this username, and I am totally going to butcher it, and I apologize. Niraku Gasaru. Niraku Gasaru. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was much better than my. God awful attempt. Um, so he asked <laughs> us to kind of discuss turn order um, for Rebel, Droid, and Jawas. You know, aside from the obvious of having Stormtrooper Han and or Jawa Engineer modded to go first. Uh, so on your droids, obviously, you want Jawa Engineer to go first. And... This kind of comes back to all that stuff I described earlier in reasons that things you want to think about with turn order. So with the droids, you're going to want HK to go first because he has an AOE that gives debuffs. IG-88 would then go next because he gets 20% extra damage for each enemy with a debuff. So he can get 100% extra damage just because... He was one speed slower than HK. That, to me, sounds like a fair trade-off. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. The amount of damage you see between him going before HK and him going after HK is pretty huge. Yep. And then I would have IG-86 going after IG-88 because IG-88... Well, he does ability block as well as... He can do defense down. So if you get, you know, Royal Guard or Shore Trooper or somebody with defense down, that just makes IG-86's um, attack that much more deadly. And then after IG-86, we have Nebit. Um, this was actually kind of a bit of a discussion on our Discord. Um, actually talked me into uh, going and slowing down my Nebit a lot for the raid because... You get him going after all the droids, then whenever he calls in the assists, you basically got droids going against, you know, for getting the turn meter off that critical hit. So Mm -hmm. if you have him going before them, they're not gaining the turn meter. So you're basically wasting 50% turn meter. And that's never good. Yep. Um, So basically, the idea there is the debuffs from HK give a lot of extra damage to IG-88, and then IG-88 gives the defense down to IG-86. And you always want a debuffer going ahead of IG-88. That is how my arena team is set up. That is the point of old Ben to debuff all enemies to give him the 100% extra damage. Uh, Some tunes that are really useful for doing that are, like I said, Old Ben, HK-47, Boba, uh, TIE Fighter Pilot, Emperor Palpatine, Phasma. All those characters 
kind of have AOE debuffs that can be really useful. Um, HK is obviously the only logical choice in a droid team, but all those other guys can be super useful and great in that situation. Definitely going to have to come back and look at this again now that I've finally started farming droids for the tank raid. So, yeah, going to need to set that up correctly. Yeah, those droids are a lot of fun. You really got to kind of got to play with their uh, speed and everything to really get them optimal and give them a lot of crit chance. But man, once I get going, they're they're pretty awesome. They're fast. They're super fast. Yeah, definitely. I do not enjoy fighting them usually, or at least I used to not. Yeah. My stormtrooper Han just neuters them now, but yeah. Cool. Not stormtrooper Han, raid Han. Oh yeah. He definitely does. So, <laughs> uh, next one we're going to discuss are the rebels. Um, just kind of, this can be a little bit more general as far as things to think about if you're using these characters. Um, Han Solo. So, obviously he goes first whenever he stuns. He wants quite a bit of potency on him, but if you, I was about to say mod him for potency. Yes, heavily. Because if when that stun misses. At the beginning of a fight, it's the most heart-sinking feeling ever. Yeah. Especially if you're fighting droids, because guess what? You probably lost. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's a pretty easy kill. He's not very tanky, so if he's not doing the one thing he's good at, uh uh-oh. But he does one other thing that's pretty good, uh, which is giving critical chance up. So if you can get him going before, you know, like, your wigs or Lando or Jedi Knight Anakin or someone along those lines or IG-88 or, you know, anyone that really were, that needs critical chance, he can be pretty awesome going before them. Um, this is one that I've talked endlessly about before, but Admiral Akbar, uh, using him just Barely going before, like, Alando or Biggs. Those can be massive because of the Tactical Genius. Use a special, immediately get 100% turn meter. So, you know, that basically just reduces the cooldown, you know, of, say, Biggs' uh, assist move. So he can call in all the assists, get full turn meter, go again, and then, you know, he's already almost back to using his... uh, his special again, so that's that's pretty big. Um, another yeah, one sure. is if you're going against B two, use Biggs or Leia before anyone who does an AOE, because those AOEs are usually going to set him off and give him full turn meter. So you know if you're just doing a single attack on someone there's a much less chance of him getting full turn meter so that's the reason for that at you know it's not gonna make a huge difference but it can definitely help and oh yeah more turns the better yep for sure and another one is uh uh rebel pathfinder jeez drawn a blank uh (laughs) rebel pathfinder on his basic, he gives uh, 
turn meter, I think 15% turn meter to everyone. Make sure that yep. you don't have people already at full turn meter when he does that, especially on the first turn. You know, long enough down the road, it'll, it may sink up or something. But on those first turn, you know, try, try to avoid that. That way you get the full advantage of the turn meter. Um, so, same with, while we're on it, same with characters like Phasma. Um, you don't want her going immediately before, you know, somebody... Because you're just kind of wasting that possible turn meter gain. Which is like wasting half a turn. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, you really don't want Phasma with a lot of speed because... Let's say somehow she went before a ray. She take, does her advan- or, uh, tactical genius... Not tactical genius. Victory march. The tactical genius... Victory March. Does Victory March. Ray's got 95% turn meter, and now that 50% is wasted. But if she went before him, and he, she, they're both she's, I guess, she did Victory March after Ray had gone, now you're already halfway to another turn. Yep. Rather than wasting 45% turn meter, or whatever. So, same thing with this guy. You want him to go last, so all you guys have gone, he shoots his, uh, basic off and everyone gets 15% turn meter and is already that much closer to going again yep um so. oh and the same also applies to stormtrooper han if you're not using a fast stormtrooper han if you're using a slower one don't have him go right before someone just bump if you know somebody's right behind him in turn order push him up just a little bit make him go before him that way he can give that full 30% turn meter back to him so they have that short turn meter on their second turn. Um, well, as you well know, that was my Stormtrooper Han forever. Yep. By design, simply because of that fact. And there are two reasons. Because he added 30% turn meter to everyone after they'd just gone. And then his taunts lasted longer. So yep. that worked really well. But I've noticed now, at least in Arena, now that I'm running wigs with Stormtrooper Han that those matches are over pretty fast and <laughs> he doesn't need to be slow to keep his taunt the whole time. Yeah, that's so, true. That's very true. It works out well. Unless there's a B2. That guy screws it up. But He screws everything up. Tygon, he's pretty much dead first turn. Yep. Well, so. uh, any other Rebels that you think I missed? Rebels that you missed. I think I got everyone, but let's talk about Luke Skywalker. No, never. Mind. Ooh, yeah. Not... yeah, yeah. Not much. Luke to talk Skywalker about that. not going to be in your Rebel team. Hoth yeah. Rebel Scout, unless you're doing Galactic War, probably not going to be in there. He's great. Hoth for Rebel Galactic Soldier. War, if you had one, hats off to you. You're about as dedicated to him as I was on Veer. So. If you have one, you're probably way behind in the meta, too. Yeah. Well, I'm always chasing it, so <laughs> Veers will help me with that. That's true. Well, uh, you want to tell us what we need to know about Jawas? Definitely. I'm glad you gave me this one because there's really not much to say. <laughs> so I really don't think that there's a lot to Jawa turn order. And if there is, and I'm just missing it, I would love for anyone to tell me. The only thing that I can think of, and this only really applies to the 
raids is having Scavenger go last simply because by the time he would go at least Java Engineer would have thrown out a thermal and probably got some hits in from the enemies in the tank raid throwing thermals out on them Yep. and possibly he could throw his uh, AOE out that kills all the thermals at once but honestly you're probably not even going to want to use that first turn and wait to the second turn until there's more out there anyway so, so that might be an argument to yeah. make in him as fast as possible so that he so that you kind of have more opportunities to use that to kill the things rather than having to wait for his slow ass to get turn meter <laughs> never know definitely there's it's like it's one extreme or the other and it seems yep. like it goes the same way with stormtrooper han like we've battled out before yep it's like you're either one side or the other you either want him to be able to use that move as fast as possible when those bombs are there to blow up or you want him to go slow so that they can build up yep i really nebit i don't know that you at least in the raid i'm talking raid mostly with these guys because i don't see a full jawa team in arena being viable but nebit i really don't think about his taunt that much because where it's done because it almost in every phase it gets debuffed immediately yeah. so i you kind of want jawa and dacha to go fast yep at least in phase three of the tank raid because you can shoot off those aoe stuns yep but plus you want them to your, cycle faster and get you know get get those off cooldowns of so cool you can down. use them again yeah so maybe you want them to be at the top of your your jawa team just for that reason to get those aoe stuns quicker yeah get them back quicker but as far as the team goes i really don't think that there's a specific turn order you need with them they just kind of do their thing and odds are you're gonna have jawa engineer as your fastest guy anyway if you use a droid team anywhere other than with them so yeah just off the top of my head it would probably be jawa engineer jawa or dacha then scavenger and then nebit that's that would probably be the order yeah i wouldn't strive for that but that's probably op the optimal grouping so that's that if you guys have any other jawa strategies for turns i would love to hear them because i have that full team i use in the tank well i won't once i get my droids but i use that team and i'd love to hear what your thoughts are so yep um so there's one other guy i would like to talk about the turn order for um and his turn order is always last and you would prefer that he not get a turn because he's not on your team but jerry i was gonna say you probably don't want him to go at all yeah he's uh i mean you can use him if you want more power to you but i'm telling you that guy he's uh he's one of those guys you want going at the very very end you don't want him screwing things up because i promise you if you give him responsibility he will screw it up 
Well, his pour water into a styrofoam cup stat is really high, so he makes a great bench <laughs> player. Yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> that he does. Ride in the pine, that guy. Ride that pine. <laughs> Power Gatorade's better. H2O! <laughs> well, I think we have one last thing we want to talk about in a... It's more of a shattered order guild thing than podcast in general, but I wanted to put this out there. Shattered order just opened their second guild and we are looking to fill it. The second guild is not so much a heroic tank guild as it is a heroic rancor guild. So we're looking for players that maybe are in a tier five, six guild that are looking to complete heroic rancor. And they got the team to do it, but just not in a guild where they feel like they can do it. We are here with the leadership to help you guys do that. And we really want to fill that up and get it going. And hopefully start working our way through the heroic tank. Get you guys your raid Hans and move on towards the tank raid. Doing some normals on that and moving through there. And we're looking also for some heavy hitters in our original Shattered Order guild because we are doing heroics now, like we said, trying to get through those and get some good teams in there. We have two spots open right now, and I foresee a few more opening up in the next week. So I really want to... Anyone that's got some good raid teams, Chirpatines, some Jedis, Droids, Rebels, any of those guys, if you are looking for a guild or you're looking for a guild that's starting heroic... We can do that, and we would love to have you. So anyone that's looking for that to uh, join a Heroic Rancor Guild that we're just starting or trying to get in on Heroic Tank, if you can hit me up on Twitter, at Shattered Order, you can hit me or Wink up at on Reddit at GoodnightPunk or Inc. The email for the show is theshatteredorder at gmail.com. And I think that's pretty much it. I'm on the forums also as Nashty. Don't ask why. And what's your forum name there? Uh, Winkillering. <laughs> what's your forum name? Winkillering. So yep. those are the places you can find us. Really hope to hear from you guys. Fill up this uh, second guild and start raiding on that heroic rancor. And hopefully you got some guys that really want to get Kenobi shards and hit us up for that too. So looking forward to hearing from you guys. Cool. As far as the rest of this podcast goes, we have taken nothing and turned it into an hour and 20 minutes, so I think we should probably uh, cut it out here. What do you say? We're really good at extending these things much longer than we ever planned on doing. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully you haven't fallen asleep by now, but uh, (laughs) you've gotten some good info out of here. We appreciate you hanging out and listening with us, so... We will put some more out for you next week. Wink, you looking forward to putting some out next week? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't I be? How many beers have I had? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We will catch you next week. Hope you have a good week. Later.
Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.